Hello, this is your diversity, equity, and inclusion editor, Emma Hall. Before you listen to this episode of State Hornet Spotlight, please be aware that it contains mentions of sexual abuse, missing and murdered indigenous women and girls, and substance abuse. Listed in this episode's descriptions are hotlines and resources by those affected by these topics. As always, thank you for listening to State Hornet Spotlight and know that you're not alone. Hello, State Hornet listeners. My name is Emma Hall. I'm your diversity, equity, and inclusion editor. And today, for this episode of State Hornet Spotlight, I'm sitting here with Pauline Ghost Perez, who's a Native student here at Sac State, a Native Studies uh, major, too. So I'm curious, you know, what it's been like for you sort of as a a Native student at Sac State when we look at overall university demographics, we're about 0.23%. I mean, you know, additionally, like being a Native Studies major, I'm curious on what that experience has been like for you. It has been interesting Sometimes I do feel like I'm the only one. I haven't really met many Native students outside of the Ennett Club and the Native American Studies uh, classes I'm taking. Uh, there are students that have to take the, the class to fulfill their graduation requirements, meaning non-Native students. Mm-hmm. And it's been interesting to hear their questions and them being interested in our day-to-day lives as the indigenous people. What do you mean by interesting to hear their questions? you want to elaborate a little bit more on that? It's like an outsider wanting to know, just asking questions about like our ceremonies. I'm thinking of this one student. She asks a lot of questions. Um, I'm okay. trying to think of how it makes me feel. It just, it's like, I think it's wonderful that she wants to know more about us and our traditions, our culture, but also doesn't really make it feel real in a yeah. sense. No, like, I know what you what you mean. I mean, being a Native student like myself, too, I definitely, being in these classes where there's, there's non-Native, like, students and they're very much, like, don't know anything, like, you kind of have to start from scratch. And as us who's grown, grown up with the culture and grown up with our tribes, we're, like, very aware of some of these questions and some, like, simple, they come, like, first nature to us, right? So I, I understand, I think, where you're coming from there. I, I think earlier you mentioned either there was, when we were recording or not, if you were a transfer student, where did you go to community college at? Or? American River College. What was the experience like for you being native at American River and coming to Sac State? Was there a difference or? There was a big difference. Uh, I worked at the Native American Resource Center. So I was surrounded by indigenous peoples. My um, supervisor, he was indigenous. My coworkers, they were indigenous. So it was like our own small indigenous community we had. Mm -hmm. And uh, we were trying to get people to join it. I would call them have a list of students who identified in their supplemental application that they identify as indigenous. So I'd call, um, they didn't want to be a part of it. Um, some people did, but they wouldn't drop by the center. Mm-hmm. But my coworkers, my supervisor, it was nice to work with them. It was always a learning experience about their tribes. Um, I could teach about my tribe, what I knew. Mm-hmm. So right, yeah, cause, I love the environment. Yeah, no, because tribal culture, too, is so diverse, right? Like, I'm, I'm Cherokee and Blackfeet, and I don't necessarily know if that's the same, like, culture as your tribes, too, which I, and you're, you're Miwok and Sioux, correct? Right, so they're very, like, different cultures, yeah. so it's incredibly just 
just vast sort of the differences too. And yet it was interesting you were mentioning talking about like these native studies classes and having folks who aren't native and sometimes they don't necessarily know that, right? Where we look at the perspective of like native folks and what people see in native people are and it's typically like this Americana like Indian where it's the headdress and the plain stuff. So that's interesting that you mentioned that. Um, you know, I'm curious on there's obviously the lack of representation, but if there's any other obstacles that you've kind of faced as a native student in particular, either this be, you know, specifically at Sac State or just overall. At the moment I haven't, although I do have to say about Indigenous Peoples Day, my daughter, she had the day off from school. Uh, she is in a Native American daycare mm-hmm. and they they recognize that day and they took it off. However, we had to come to school, uh, attend school, go to work. They didn't recognize that our day. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was uh, interesting and I felt like there should have been more of a recognition. Mm-hmm. I'm curious on your thoughts on, I know Sac State had an, an issue with Indigenous Peoples Day and Columbus Day, where they mm-hmm. put the two together. I'm curious if you had any thoughts on that. I know that the university is, is looking to recognize Indigenous Peoples Day in the future, but originally this semester they had the two. I'm curious if you had any thoughts on that. I didn't really recognize it Columbus Day. I did recognize Indi- Indigenous Peoples Day. I wore my ribbon skirt. I wore my earrings, my necklace. People commented on, non-natives, they commented on my attire, and I just told them today is Indigenous Peoples <laughs> Day, and I'm wearing my ribbon skirt proudly. What were those comments? Were they just interested? Because I wore mine, too. So I definitely got people like asking me what it was and to explain a little bit, but I'm curious on what comments you heard. So they're just, oh, pretty uh, skirt. Did you make that skirt? And, oh, I love your earrings. It's nice earrings. Pretty Pretty, uh, that's a pretty medallion. Yeah, like stuff that they, they haven't seen before. And I mean, I wear, everyone in, in our newsroom knows that I wear beads like all the time. So <laughs> they're like, oh, that's a native thing, right? But it is sometimes interesting to see like other people's perspectives. I know you mentioned you had a daughter and I remember when I was looking for students to find, I saw that you had, she's pretty young, right? How old is she? She's three. So what is that? I mean, why, can you describe kind of like the impact that she has on your life particularly, you know? She... She saved me, I say. She's my saving grace. Uh, Before her, I had addiction to drugs. And the moment I found out about her is the moment I decided that I was going to quit doing drugs. In January, it will be four years. I also have a sobriety from alcohol. Eight years, three months. Good for you. That's That takes a lot. Yes. Yeah. I'm curious, uh, what's your daughter's name? Her name's Winona. Aww, Winona nice. Kaylin Ghost. Aw, I love that. I, I mean, it means firstborn daughter in the Oglala Sioux tribe. Does it? Aw, that's really nice. It's very powerful, right, that she saved you. And, you know, people like that can sort of change your, your whole perspective. I know also you've talked about, uh, at least between you and I, like talking about working with Native foster children, too, and you have aspirations to go and do that. I'm curious if you want to elaborate a little bit more or talk on why that's the route that you want to go and pursue. Yeah, of course. So it's like my life story. Um, I was raised in a Native American foster agency where they placed us. My mother, she she used ICWA. 
She didn't want us to be placed with non-natives. She wanted us to be placed with Native Americans. The Sacramento County, they ended up reaching out to the Bay Area Indigenous Agency, Foster Agency, and there they were able to place us with a Native American foster home. I stayed there from age five to 21. (laughs) So it's been kind of like your whole life a little bit, right? Yeah. So... Our foster father ended up molesting me and my foster sisters, and he ultimately went to jail the last 13 years. Because of what I endured in foster care, what me and my sisters endured made me want to basically change the system. I don't feel like the foster parents I had were there to, you know, they paid off their house. They were getting mm-hmm. money from us. Um, there were four of us, four girls, four boys, and they paid off their house, their credit card debt, and bought cars. I don't feel like, like on the outside, everybody was like, oh, you guys are so magnificent. You guys are taking care of all these children. But I don't think they were doing it for the right reason. Of course, the father wasn't. He was... Yeah, He had his own intentions that my foster mom, she didn't know about. My foster mother, she didn't hug us. She never told me. She was proud of me. It was, thank you. It was always like negative, like you're not doing this right. Uh, Just pointed out the bad Mm -hmm. never loving. She wasn't supportive of anything. It was just... Oh, you're overeating. You're going to gain weight. You're just pointing out negative things. And it was like, it taught me the person I don't want to be. Mm-hmm. I want to be a foster child counselor so that maybe I can see things that other people can't see. Maybe I can prevent this from ever happening. Mm-hmm. I also want to be a foster parent and one day show, be able to provide for um these children with my own money and the money that I do get for them I want to put up for them Mm -hmm. so that they have something when I turned 18 I didn't have any money um I had an addiction to alcohol Mm -hmm. because I was trying to cope with what my childhood traumas right you know I was taken away from my mom put into this home who you know like terrible things happened I would sit there and I would wonder why, like why, if there was a God, a creator, why would you take me? Why would you take me from this loving mother who loved us and put me in this home who caused caused more destruction? Mm-hmm. And that is why I want to become a foster parent of foster child counselor I want to make a difference in somebody's life if I could get to one person then all this would have been for something thank you for sharing that that's very powerful no I I really do appreciate it um do you think these obstacles are are present for native communities in general or just sort of foster communities or I think it's in all communities (laughs) although statistics show that native women I can't remember the statistics off the top of my head, but um, 
four out of five women will be sexually molested, raped, beaten, or even killed. It's not about talking to your child about if this will happen. It's talking to your your child, your daughter, about when this will happen. Mm-hmm. And uh, my Native American ethnic women's course, we learn about this. It's and it's something that was brought to my attention that I might I will have to talk to my daughter about not if this happens but when this happens what to do and that terrifies me Mm -hmm. because statistics show that she could be one of the four and five women that are sexually molested raped or even killed Mm -hmm. yeah no they know the exact numbers you're talking about they stick with you yep right no but power to you to like wanting to go in and make a difference and help Native communities, and particularly with this kind of stuff when there is, these numbers are so so drastic. I mean, those were kind of all my questions I had on paper, but if there's anything else that you sort of would like to share, you know, about your experience, too, or what it's like being at Sac State. I know you mentioned you were a transfer from American River, right? So it's your first semester. I guess this what is, is my first Yeah, semester. so what has that like been for you? I mean, we're all back in person. and So I've decided to get all online courses. Before I had my daughter, I was just, it it felt like I was just going because everybody was telling me, you know, go to college. Mm-hmm. After I had my daughter, I got, I really got serious. I was failing before I had her. I had the worst GPA. My heart really just wasn't in it. I knew I wanted what I wanted to be, but I just... It was really hard to concentrate. I also have attention deficit disorder. I do too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I got you. <laughs> so it's, I had a repeat classes. At, I started in 2012, American River College, and I graduated last fall, uh, 2021. So it took me eight years with one year of I took off to have my daughter and prepare to be a mother. Mm-hmm. But other than that, it took me the eight years and after I had her, something happened in me. I started getting A's, B's. I took it more seriously. Like, she changed something in me. She lit a fire underneath me. It was <laughs> like, I don't want her to go through what I went through. That's one of my worst fears as being a mother is, you know, my mother, she was adopted off of the reservation of Pine Ridge, South Dakota, I was adopted by this foster father when I was 15, and it's something, it's like a generational curse. It's something that I do not want for my daughter. I want to go to school. I want to get a degree. I want to have a good paying job so that I can support my daughter. I don't want to relapse. I want to, I want to be the mother I didn't have for Mm -hmm. her. And, you know, I think because of those worries and fears, it just makes me that much more determined into reaching my goals. Yeah, that's very powerful. Thank you for sharing that, Pauline. I think that's about does it for today for this episode of State Hornet Spotlight. But thank you so much, Pauline, for, for joining us and sharing your story. We really do appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Of course.